Welcome back to the Sacred Penning Podcast. I'm your host, Becca Ray. I'm a wife, mom, teacher, international best-selling author, and a transformative soul journaling practitioner. I've experienced and taught the power of this sacred practice for 24 years and journaled since the age of eight. Every Wednesday, we provide somatic, meditative inspiration and spirit-led prompts to pen your way to brighter days. Let's activate energetic discoveries together. It's all at your fingertips. Ready to get gritty? Let's dip in. Welcome back to the Joyful Journaling Podcast. I'm your host, Becca Ray. Thank you so much for joining us over the last few weeks as we dip in, delight, and discover into the nuggets of wisdom with Julia Cameron's Right for Life. I am devoted to a journal for life practice and the DMs and communication that I've received from folks has been so helpful in tailoring my own practice and also offering you something of value for what you want to apply to your life. We are finishing up chapter three and we're going to dive into chapter four today as well. Next week, we will be wrapping up this series and kind of bridging into what will be season four. I'm glad that you've joined us for this incredible Right for Life adventure. And please feel free to continue sending us DMs, leaving comments, and of course, a review on any of the places that you hear this podcast would be super appreciated. Let's dive in. I want to literally take you by the hand to dive into the middle of chapter three. As a former teacher, Taking notes by hand has been proven to help solidify information when at all possible for a person. Using typing or dictation is secondary in terms of its effectiveness for creativity, but we do what we can with what we can. Handwriting is an important part of chapter three, and Julia Cameron's first quote is, What all of us seek is depth and authenticity. We want to transcribe our thoughts exactly. Writing by hand makes that possible, end quote. I am a journaler who writes by hand. I know there are some incredible apps out there, some incredible dictation apps, and we use what tools we're given in life to record and to explore our voice, whether that be through the microphone or on paper. But handwriting to me is a sacred act. It is part of the somatic experience that I personally enjoy. The next thing that Julia Cameron says about handwriting, quote, handwriting keeps pace with our thoughts. We are not rushing ahead, nor do we linger behind. There is momentum to the hand. We write what's next, and the hand often tells us. Our projects unfurl themselves. Pen in hand, we are in touch with our higher selves, that intuitive spark that guides us. We are led carefully and well, there is no error in our path, end quote. When we write things by hand, there tends to be more personality, more cohesion, more coming together of the hand, the head, and the heart. We are aware of what truth is coming onto the page firsthand. When we are aware of our own authenticity, it often connects us better with readers, Julia Cameron. That's the vulnerability of writing by hand seeing with your own eyes what comes onto the page in your own personally crafted way is a truly empowering practice. 
That's why she recommends that the morning pages that we do are written by hand. When I write by hand, I also am able to feel more intuitive about what's coming on the other side of the page. Julia Cameron calls us what a lot of us do in life and in creativity, and that is synchronicity. Here's what she has to say about synchronicity. Quote, Writing morning pages, we notify the universe of our dreams, wishes, and desires. The universe, in turn, sets about the business of fulfilling those desires. It is as though we have placed a carry-out order and need only pick it up, end quote. What do you want to order from the universe? What do you want to pick out and pick up as you write by hand in your journal in those morning pages? Think about that. She calls morning pages being, quote, tutored in faith, end quote. I love being tutored in my morning pages. I love asking questions and seeing what comes out on the other side. It goes along nicely with what chapter three is called, and that's trust the process. We've been learning to lean in and trust this process that we call our journal for life practice. We've discovered most of its components, and now we're looking a little bit deeper into what comes out on the page and what to call these different discoveries that we're making. You can call it luck. You can call it answer to prayer, whatever you want to call it. When you receive information on the other side of your pen, and then you see it come to life, there's no question that journaling was a part of this process. And that's a whole reason to explore gratitude journaling right there. A whole nother practice. Julia Cameron calls this practice, right to metabolize life. Is that what we're doing in these pages? Are we sincerely metabolizing life itself? A quote in the middle of chapter three from William H. Gass says, the true alchemists do not change lead into gold. They change the world into words, end quote. But are we alchemists for what we're given? Do we change the raw lead of our pencils into gold that is metabolized in our life? How bold are you getting in your journal practice? Are you aiming to truly hear what you ask it or what comes out? when you put a prompt on the page, or what comes out in response to some of the other prompts that I've given, looking at a picture and writing about it, listening to music and responding, responding to a sacred text, responding to a favorite quote, asking, what am I supposed to write about? And getting an answer. Trusting the process and having faith in the journaling process is what next season, season four, is all about on this podcast. Having faith in the journaling process is what I wrote an entire memoir about. Having faith in what you receive in the pages of our sacred journals keeps us committed to the practice. There's a beautiful quote toward the end of chapter three that Julia Cameron says, quote, When we write with faith, our very personalities expand. We find ourselves writing with joy, and joy is the touchstone of the spiritual path. Our faith is user-friendly. Our faith is generous. Faith-filled writing issues to the reader a joyous invitation. Come, come in, let me share my thoughts. And so, as we have dared to be intimate, the reader dares as well. Our worlds build a bridge of connection. Our faith illuminates a path. Our readers follow where we lead, feeling Hosanna, end quote. Now, Julia is a creative and she is inspiring authors to write not only as a practice in their journals, but to literally write for life, write to make a living. We're not all taking our journals and applying them to creating a manuscript or something to publish out in the world. 
but hopefully we are crafting the manuscript of an embodied life, a life that is embodied with joy. And I love how she brings all those concepts together in that one quote. It's one of the reasons that I call this show Joyful Journaling. Chapter four, we're getting into the gritty stuff. Resist your resistance. It's not all sunshine and rainbows, but getting to the other side and truly creating a joyful journaling practice does require us to go into the mud. In this chapter, Julia Cameron looks at different aspects of mental health, different things that trigger us, and how to face those things, not only to write our way through it, but to come out joyful on the other side. One of the first emotions that Julia Cameron has us really face in our journals is anger. And anger in American society can be looked at as a very dangerous emotion. But just like any emotion, emotions are given power only with how we react to what we're feeling. Brene Brown's work, Atlas of the Heart, is a full discovery. And I would highly recommend that if you have emotions that we don't look at in chapter four and how to deal with them on the page, that you would explore her work as well. To open chapter four in discussing anger, Julia Cameron says, as we write, we become known to ourselves and increase tenderness to the self we are discovering is the reward. As we dare to bear our souls, anger and all, we find ourselves lovable. Increased tenderness is the result. Our daily pages tutor us in self-knowledge. Did you ever think of your journal as a way to explore your emotions and yourself? It is a mental health tool for a reason. Julia Cameron also looks at fear. She looks at things that cause us to take U-turns in life. And then she discusses risk. She mentions, quote, make no mistake, pages are a tough love friend. They challenge us to change our size, to become larger, more daring, tutored by them. We alter our perceptions. We see that we are far more creative than we previously thought. End quote. Are you taking risks in life based on what you discover about your emotions on the page? If not, I dare you. Get gritty with it. Journal it. She has one of the most beautiful stories in chapter four that reminds me of what many coaches have instructed me to do over time, to go beyond the limitations that I perceive, to take the risk and go through what we call the glass ceiling. She talks about a different ceiling though. She talks about a time in Chicago. She says, quote, I used to teach in Chicago in a room with low styrofoam ceiling. Imagine my delight when a student tapped the ceiling with a broomstick and revealed 10 more feet of space up to an old-fashioned pressed tin ceiling. We are like that room with an artificially low ceiling on our talents. Morning pages are the broomstick that reveals our true height. End quote. Have you thought about breaking through any perceived ceiling in your life that you impose upon yourself? Have you thought about taking the risk in your journal and discovering what you can find? She mentions that you can also deal with toxic people. You can deal with competition and crazy makers, any kind of toxicity or toxic friends, keeping a steady pace, deadlines, all of these different things that cause some deep emotions. 
she deals with in chapter four. But she's encouraging us at each and every step that your journal can be your best friend in this process. She may call it morning pages. We call it our morning journaling time. At the end of the day, we have our end journaling time. So a page and a half in the morning, a page and a half in the evening of gratitude. And in between, reflection, momentum, breaking through glass ceilings. She says that she allows herself to write through the drama. Quote, writing is easy for me because I have learned to write instead of indulging in the drama of waiting for the right mood. You can do the same. Committing to this practice, devoting yourself to the pages every day, no matter what emotion you're feeling, can help you in any situation as a mental health tool. Devoting yourself to this practice helps you have more faith in yourself, decrease doubt, and get rid of that, what she calls a bully. We have emotions that try to bully us and dealing with them on the page. The last tool that she leaves with us in chapter four is one that many positive people I know utilize in their everyday life. It creates expansion. It creates confidence. And quite honestly, I've seen dreams come true. Why wouldn't you want to do that in your journal? Affirmations. She says, quote, using affirmations is an excursion into open-mindedness. Affirmations are not wishful thinking. Rather, they are a bridge we ourselves construct to a sunnier future. Outside my window, the storm clouds part and the rainbow arches triumphant over the gloom. End quote. We can bring it all to the pages of our journal. Let's ground ourselves as we dig into our prompt for today. Let's breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. Today's journal prompt is taken straight from the end of chapter four. One of the journaling tasks for your morning pages is this, to take a close examination of a U-turn in your life. Here is the journal prompt, number one task at the end of chapter four, quote, U-turns. List the following categories in your journal. Music, film and theater, visual arts, public speaking and performance, and crafts. Next to each one, note a U-turn you have made. What happened? When and why did you stop working in the art form, however subtly? Now, write down one tiny action you could take towards reversing your U-turn. Could you choose one action from your list and take it? End quote. Again, this is task number one from the end of chapter four. Quote, U-turns. List the following categories. Music, film slash theater, visual arts, public speaking slash performance, and crafts. Next to each one, note a U-turn you have made. What happened? When and why did you stop working in the art form? however subtly. Now, write down a tiny action you could take towards reversing your U-turn. Could you choose one action from your list and take it? End quote. Okay, let Masood Taj's beautiful track, Unconditional Love, help us to focus on making those categories and answering those questions 
for about five minutes. Thank you. 
what came up for you? I would love to know. As I was doing this exercise the first time many months ago when I read this book, I thought about when I was a young girl, I used to love visual arts. I used to love drawing. I used to enter contests. I used to color. What stopped me? What was the U-turn that I took that stopped me from wanting to do these things? And the only thing I can think of is in middle school, I met someone who could draw far better than I could. And I went to a small school, so this was a big, you know, deal to me. And I didn't enter any competitions after that. Once I felt like I didn't even have a chance, and it was something that I didn't enjoy because I had no chance in the world of winning anything for putting myself out there, I just stopped. And I used to really love drawing. used to look at trees and different things during summer camp and people's faces. And I really enjoyed drawing. I had to stop and think, what made me never want to draw anymore? Recently, I met with someone who's won awards for adult coloring books. And I have a surprise. She's going to be on her podcast. And it was beautiful to meet with another creative who does something other than writing. She's also a published author, but making sure that we are open to other forms of receiving this beautiful inspiration, unadulterated inspiration to fill us with joy is also very important. Well, we have one more week. There are two more chapters in this book, chapters five and six. Chapter six is kind of a celebration where we look back on things. So I will be lumping chapter five and six together next week with those nuggets of wisdom. I am so excited that you've joined us for this journey together. And I look forward to wrapping things up next week. Joyful journaling to you.